Welcome to the Rescue Church Podcast. You are listening to a message from our Wednesday night service. When I was in Florida, I went to visit uh, Bishop Sharona's church. And when I, when I went into his church, the thing that I noticed from the beginning to the end, that the, that the worship was about Jesus and that the preaching of the word was about Jesus. Jesus was at the center of the worship and Jesus was at the center of the preaching. So I hope today that I could put Jesus at the center of the preaching because Jesus was definitely uh, represented during worship. So, um, okay, so we're going to be, you guys might not like me very much after this, but uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of reading. I pray that God gives me grace to not show my Powell Park education, but uh, we're going to, it's a lot of verses, but there's, there's a point that I'm trying to drive home. So, so today the title is Servant. So I'm going to go to Genesis 24. And it's like 67 verses. It's a lot. I don't want to scare you over there, but it's like 67 verses. It's a lot. But um, the, the point is, I really want us to be able to pull from a few characters in the story. So I'm going to read through the entire story. And once we're done with the entire story, then I'll go through the notes because it's just too much and and I might stop and as I as I read but we're at Genesis 24 verse 1 now this is this is at the point where Sarah passed away she died Abraham buried Sarah and now Isaac's about like 40 years old he, he's not he's no spring chicken maybe back then that was maybe like young but 40 years old is 40 years old and he's still he's still not married so now the scripture reads, Abraham is old. And, and when, you're, when you begin to, to age, you start to contemplate life. And then you, you start to think about what it is that you have to do before your time is up. So I think he's at this point in his life where he's, he, he realizes, you know, the, the promise of God that, that was made over his life, that, that by his seed, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed, that he's going to have... Um, the, you know, the sands of the she- seashore, you know, there's going to be a numerous amount of, of children, and yet his son is not married, and his wife died, and now he's, all right, I got to get to business. So verse 1, now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed him in all things. Now you see that? The Lord had blessed him in all things. So in everything, he's blessed. That's the blessing we want. We want the blessing of Abra- Abraham upon our life. We want us to be blessed in everything that we do. I was thinking about you know, like the Ark of the Covenant, wherever the Ark of the Covenant went, it was blessed. You know, when they went into war, they had victory. Everywhere that Ark went, they were blessed. If you look at the life of Abraham, if you look at the life of Isaac, and you look at the, the life of Jacob, it was very similar. Everywhere they went, they prospered. Everywhere they went, they were blessed. If Abraham had, hadn't even fought a war, yet when he went to war, he recovered everything. Like he was super, super blessed. And, you know, that's, that's by his, through his seed, which is Jesus, you know, we get to step into that family. We're, so I believe that we can have the blessing of Abraham upon our life. So, so that's good news. So verse 2, so Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, please put your hand under my thigh. Now, nowadays that might be a little weird for some of us, but, but this is very important. This is, he's, made, he's taking an oath. And I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, 
that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of, of the Canaanites who I dwell among. So now he's in, the, he's in the land that God promised him, but now that land is occupied by, by people that, that aren't very good. There's a lot of idol worship. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like crazy like orgies and sex stuff, you know, sacrificing children, a whole bunch of weird, crazy stuff. You know, when God brought Abraham into that land, he had him walk the land. So he walked north, south, east, and west. He walked across of that land, as our pastor teaches us, and he's seen what went on in that land. And he said that this land is not fit for, for my son to take a bride. So now he's calling his most trusted servant, his oldest, most trusted servant, to handle one of the biggest responsibilities that he could ask for. And we're going we're gonna to talk about this, because this guy right here, the Bible doesn't say right now who it is, but a lot of scholars believe that it's Eliezer. And Eliezer, if you don't know, was the one that, when he was doubting God, if he was going to you know, give him a, a child, he was the one that he was preparing to be the heir of his family. And God said that it's not going to be him. And after that, I think that was in like chapter 15. But after that, I don't really see his name being mentioned too much. I see servant. But I, I believe that that's who he's, who's, who's this person here. But you shall go to my country, to my own family, and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, perhaps the woman will... Servants know how to ask good questions. You got to ask questions. If you're going to serve, you got to know how to ask good questions. And the servant said to him, perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land, must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family, who spoke to me and swore to me saying, to your descendants I give this land, he will send his angel before you. So you know, when, when God calls you from somewhere, when, he, when he's calling you out of somewhere, it's not to go back. He's promising him that land. His son's in the land that God promised him. He's not to go back. He's not to go. You're not supposed to go back and get comfortable. He'll find comfort in his father's house. He'll find comfort with people that are, that are from his own bloodline. And he'll get comfortable and he won't want to come back. He's not supposed to go back. And he will send the angel before you and you shall take a wife from my son there. That's the confidence and that's the relationship that Abraham has with God. He walks with God and he knows that God's going to go before him. We have to come to that place in our walk that we trust God enough that he's going to go before us and make a way for us. That he's going to go before us and he's going to, things won't be easy, but he'll go make a way. There'll be provision and we have to trust that he'll go make a way if he told us that, if he made us a promise, he's faithful. And Abraham trusts that about him. And if and the angel will go before him, before you. You shall take a wife from my son there. That's faith. That's why he's the father of faith. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you should be released from this oath. And do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the die. So now the servant is, is committing to this oath. And this, this part of the thigh is, is the loins. That's, that's life. That's where, where men, that's where the seed comes from man, that's where, we, that's where the seed is, that's life, that's multiplication, that's provision. In those, life, in the, in those days, your, your children were, were, your, were your retirement plan. That's, that's like, yo, I'm my life. So this is an oath that's before God, and, and he's swearing his own life there. So the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed. You know what's interesting when I'm reading about this, when I'm reading up until this point? 
I see that he asked the question about like if the woman's not willing to come, but he doesn't ask him. He doesn't ask him, how many camels should I take? This man is his most trusted servant, and he's in charge of all that he has. Abraham trusts him with all that he has. He's not asking him. He's telling him what the assignment is. He's supposed to know what to do. He's supposed to know what, what to take, what's needed. That's why he's asking him and no one else. So sometimes, you know, as, as, as we serve who we're serving, there's, there's good to ask questions, but sometimes there's just some things that we just got to know. There's some things that we just have to know. That's why, that's why we're trusted. That's why we're called, and that's why God has put us in that place. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed. For all his master's goods were in his hands. You see that? All his goods, and he was blessed in all things. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia. This is about like a two-week journey. This is not, this is like, any of you ever drove to Florida? It's, it's, <laughs> you like that ride? It's fun, right? This is two weeks. There's no AC. It's, it's long days. Camels. So this is a faithful servant. And he made... And he, so now he's going to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. Nahor is, is the family name. Like, like where, that's Abraham's granddad. Like his, his, his granddaddy or his great-granddaddy. I think it's his granddad. But his brother had the same name, Nahor. So now he's going to Mesopotamia. He's going to a city that's named after his family's clan. So they're probably like, just like Abraham is, is very well blessed and he's, and he's prospers in all that he does. They're probably like a significant family or significant clan there to have a city named after them. So uh, where am I? All right. So verse 11. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time. This is strategic. This is the time when women go out to draw water. So he's, he's, he's smart. Then he said, O Lord, O Lord, this is Jehovah. He's calling on Jehovah. O Lord God of my master, Abraham. It, it could sound funny, right? O Lord of my master, Abraham. But you have to remember, Abraham is, is like the first one that, that, that you know, Ab he's introducing Jehovah to, to his servant. He's introducing Jehovah to his family. So he, he's given him the respect as his master, but he, he, knows, he, he knows that he's Lord. He knows that he's God. So, oh, Lord, of, Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. He's a servant that his interests are for his master. His interests are for his master. He loves his master. And what's really crazy about it is that he could be a bitter man. He could be a man that, that, that's upset. He could have had it all, right? He could have had it all. He could have had the whole inheritance. He could have had everything. And now it's Isaac. Now he's the forgotten guy. That could be the, an attitude that somebody can take. But he doesn't take that. All he wants is success for his master. He, the importance to his master is the importance to him. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of this city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that a young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink. And I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. If you really think about that, that what, what, what he's praying, 
he already knows that God is going before him. He's already, he's already invoking God to move on behalf of, of his master. But what he's saying is, is really fascinating because he's strategic. He's going to a place where he knows all the women are going to be. Number one, because it wasn't a guy's job to, to draw water. So the women would go to draw water. And he's going at evening time because they wouldn't go when the sun is out where it's super hot. That's why, you know, the woman at the well drawing water at a time where people wouldn't go because she had shame. He's going at a time. He doesn't want women with shame. <laughs> he's going at a time where, where women are going to, you know, the, the good women <laughs> from Noah are going to go, right? <laughs> I was going to say something. God's working on my heart. Thank you, Jesus. But, um, all right, so, so now, right, he wants him to show kindness to his, to his master. But now, verse 15, <laughs> and as it happened, before he finished speaking, God knows what we want, even before we say it. As, before he had finished speaking, that behold, Rebekah, who was born of Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, as, as the providence of God, as provision, as God making a way, came out with his picture, with her picture on, on her shoulder. Now that's powerful because she comes from a prominent family and she's out there and she's got the pitcher of water on her shoulder. I want you to think about that. She's probably got servants and she's got the pitcher on her shoulder and she's the first one out. There's not gonna be no confusion here. She's the first one out. She's got the pitcher and to top it off, she's beautiful. And she, it says, behold, a virgin. So she probably had some, some apparel that showed that she was a virgin. And no man, no man had known her. And when she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up, the servant ran. <laughs> he ran to meet her and said, please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, drink, my lord. So when, when I see my lord, I'm thinking like he probably wasn't dressed like, a, like your typical slave. He wasn't dressed like, he was in charge of everything. He was, I, thought, I thought about him, I thought about Joseph. How Joseph had the ring, how Joseph was calling shots. That's what I think about when I'm thinking about this man. And what's very interesting is, is that you would think Isaac, right, would be there. He didn't want Isaac going. Isaac's still mourning his mom. His mom died. He was probably a little bit of a mama's boy. He died. She died. And now... Abraham is very strategic because he knows that there's women all around that area and they're going to try to comfort Isaac. So timing is very important. Leaders know about timing. Pastor was talking about that, teaching me on that. And he knows that this, this is very crucial yep. for Isaac. So he's going and he's making a move. Yep. And um, okay. And when she had finished giving him a drink, so she gave him a drink. She says, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. That's answer prayers right there. Answer prayers. When I, when I, when I, God is still working on my heart because I don't know if you guys, you guys are probably way more um, holy than, than I am and sanctified than I am, but I thought about a, a really, like an old school movie called The Bronx Tale. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? When, 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 so this guy wanted to know if he had a good girl and he gave him some advice. So he asked the boss, Sonny, and Sonny's telling him a, a trick to do. Back in those days, they didn't have automatic locks. So he said, you know, when you open the door for her and you let her in, if she reaches over and opens it, then you know she's a good one. That's what I thought about when I, when I was like, you know, she's a good one. And you want to know why? Yo, he's not, he's not alone. He's got like a crew with him. He's got like a, he's got like a whole bunch of guys with him. <laughs> 
And these guys are probably ready for war. These guys are probably, they're probably warriors. And they got 10 camels. 10 camels. Now, when we had a hood baptism here, like, like, uh, like a few years ago, we had a hood baptism right here on this. Um, the guy who was getting baptized didn't come, so I, I got baptized again. Me and my nephew, we, yeah, so we had a hood, a hood baptism. I thought about this, when, how many, how, how many pictures we ran back and forth? A lot. It was a lot. And we were sweating, it was, it was a lot. Yo, one camel can drink anywhere from 30 to 53 gallons of water in one sitting. One sitting. That's a lot. She signed up for, I was like, that's why he's asking, like, like you know, let, this, let her do this as well. Because if she's that type of woman, she's good enough for Isaac. Like, if she's a woman that's going to go the extra mile, she, she's not, yep. not going to be like those other girls. She'll do them right. She'll do them right. Yeah, then she quickly emptied her pitcher in the through and ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And then the man, wondering at her, remained silent. He's probably like, oh my God, I can't believe this woman. He says, so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous. So now he's still wondering if this is the one. Verse 22, so it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring. He's not wasting no time. Took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel. That's heavy. And two bracelets for her wrist. This bracelet probably would have went like up her arm. It was, it was, it was pretty nice. Probably very expensive. And said, whose daughter are you? So he's giving her the ring and he's giving her the bracelet before he even finds out whose daughter are you. Like, like hey, take that. Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please. Is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? Now, this is a very common thing. People back then would have like room for people because they would travel and there was usually a place for somebody to stay. Verse 24, so she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milka's son, whom bore Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw and feed enough. So they're saying we got enough food and room to lodge. You know, it's interesting. I was reading about camels when camels because you think about how much, how much water they drink, they, they eat a lot of food too. But I was reading something, I, I gotta fact check it a little more, but I thought it was pretty interesting that if there's not enough for all the camels, they won't eat. There's gotta be enough food for, for everyone. Yeah, everybody's gotta eat. And they'll let you know apparently after, like, cause they could go without eating for like multiple days, like four or five days, but they'll start to let you know, like, you know, you better feed us all. I thought that was pretty, Pretty interesting, yeah. So then, after this, then the man bowed his head and, and worshipped the Lord. He's, this is the first time he's showing this. Throughout the story, you're going to see him do it multiple times. This is the first time. Well, actually, it might be the second. He's bowing his head and he's worshipping God. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the Lord, God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and truth towards my master. It's not about him. It's about his master. As for me... Being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. Now Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. Laban gets a bad rap later on. He's all right in this story. And Laban ran out to meet the man by the well. Now he's probably seeing his sister coming with all his jewelry. He's like, hey, you know, I got to see. They coming on with all these camels. That's like rolling up with a bunch of Bentleys and, you know, throwing, you know, a lot of money at your sister. You want to see who's, who's this guy? 
and most likely their, their father is dead, so he's going as a representative for her to stand in the position of, his, of her father. So it came to pass when he saw the nose ring and the bracelet yeah, on his sister's wrist, and when he heard the words of his sister Rebecca saying, thus the man spoke to me, that he went, that he went to the man, and there he stood by the camels at the well, and he said, come on in, O blessed of the Lord. So now he's using the same language, Jehovah. But you know, when, when God first called Abraham and he told him to leave his father's house, he brought his father, he brought, he brought his nephew, and his other brother probably came because his brother's in the same place where his father died. So, that, so they would have been familiar with the God that Abraham was talking about. It's just that they stood behind and Abraham continued. So why do you stand outside? For I have prepared a house and a place for the camels. Then the man came to the house and he unloaded the camels and provided strong feed for the camels and water to wash his feet. This is not, this is a job of a slave as well and he's doing it himself. I want you to take note of that. He brought, wa he brought water to wash the feet of him and, his, and, his, and the men that were with him. Verse 33, food was set before him to eat and he said, I will not eat until I have told you about my errand. So he's about the business of his master before he's about his appetite. This is a two-week journey. This is probably the, the craziest meal that, that, that was put out and laid out because they're treating him like straight-up royalty. And he's like, I'm not going to eat until you know why I'm here. Just like Jesus was about his father's business, this is very similar. He's, he's about his master's business. That's why, that's why he's the one that's being sent. He's a tested man. And he said, speak on. So now he says the whole story all over again. He says, so, so he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he has given him flocks and herds. He's telling them how much money he's got, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. He's like, yo, he's paid. And he said, and, my, my, and, my, and Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and to him, he was given all that he has. So now he's saying that he's the heir. He's in line. Now my master has made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whom, whose land I dwell, but you shall go to my father's house and to my family and take a wife for my son. So now he's going to take a wife from his family, his clan, but they know God. That's the difference. They know God. Not perfect people, but they know God. Those other people don't know God. If you're going to be children that, 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 that bear the promise, you have to know God. If, you, if you're not married and you're looking to get married, don't marry the world. Yep. If you want to yep. bring kids into to the promise, yep. you, you have better chances. Not that, not that you can't, but you, you're better off. You're better off. Yep. If you're already married, then that's another story. But, but don't, don't go to the world for a spouse. Save yourself some heartache and pain. Yep. And I said to my master, perhaps the woman will not follow me. So now he's retelling the story. But he said to me, the Lord, will, will, the Lord before whom I walk, so God, the God before whom I live, the God before whom I walk, the God that sees me do everything, the God that's my everything, he'll make a way. He'll make a way. And you shall take a wife for my son, from my family, and from my father's house. And you will be clear from this oath when arriving among my family, 
For if they do not give her to you, then you will be released from this oath. That's like the nevertheless. Nevertheless, if it, you know, if it doesn't happen, that's, but he's pretty sure it's going to happen. Verse 42. And this day I came to the well and I said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, if you will now prosper the way in which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water and it shall come to pass that when the virgin comes out to draw water, and I say to her, please give me a little water from your pitcher to drink. And she says to me, drink, I will draw water for your camels too. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed as for my master's son. So that happened. That's answered prayer. Now we're on to the next part. Verse 45. Just a little bit longer. Hang in there. But before I had finished speaking, my heart, in my heart, there was Rebecca coming out. And he's telling the story. Coming out with her pitcher on her shoulder. And she went down to the well and drew water and said, and I said to her, please let me drink. And she made haste and let her pitcher down from her shoulder and said, drink, and I will give your camels a drink also. So I drank and she gave drinks to the camels also. Verse 47, then I asked her and said, whose daughter are you? And she said, the daughter of Bethlehem, Nahor's son, whom Milka bore to him. So I put the nose ring He's telling that a little backwards there because he did the nose ring first and asked the question. He says, so I put the nose, sometimes you get a little confused when you get excited, right? Well, he says, so I put the nose ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrist and I bowed my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me in the way of truth. You see that? Who had led me in the way of truth to take the daughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you would deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me that I may turn to the right or to the left. Basically, he's like, tell me if you're going to give me Rebecca or should I go? <laughs> like, don't waste my time. This guy's not, he's not into wasting time. He's right to the, to the point. Then Laban and, and Bethuel answered and said, the thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you either bad or good. Basically, if God says it, then let it be. Here's Rebecca before you. Take her and go and let her be your master's son's wife, and the Lord has spoken. Verse 52, And it came to pass, Abraham, when Abraham's servant heard their words, that he worshipped the Lord. See this? He's bowing himself. He's worshipping God. Every time there's a breakthrough, every time when he's coming before God, before he's saying, he's praying like, God, this is my strategy. This is my plan. Let it be this way so that I know. Then once God comes through with answered prayers, he's thanking him, and now he's thanking him again. So every time there's a breakthrough, he's getting face prostrate to the floor. Face to the ground thanking God. Amen. That's powerful. Amen. That's powerful. So now after this, it came to pass when Abraham's servant heard their words that he worshiped the Lord, bound himself to the earth. Now verse 53, then the servant brought out jewelry. He knows how to give gifts. Servants know how to give gifts. Then, then the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold and clothing and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious gifts to her brother and to her mother. Now remember in the beginning of the story, did he ask, did he ask Abraham, what, should I take gifts? Did he ask him how many donkeys, how many servants? Should I, this, is, this is what a servant, you're supposed to know these things. You're supposed to know these things. That means that, that he's been in these, these type of situations before. This is probably the greatest of all his dealings, but he's been in these situations before. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank. Now he's going to eat and now he's going to drink. Once the deal's done, now, he'll, now 
Now he'll, he'll sit there and he'll eat and he'll drink and he'll break bread because now he knows it's done. His job is over. And he said to the men who were with him, they ate and they drank and they stayed all night. And then they arose in the morning and he said, send me away. This guy is, he's about, he's about his, his master's business. He's, he's not trying to stay, chill, hang out. He, he wakes up and he wants to go. 55, but her brother and her mother said, let the young woman, now they're having second thoughts. They slept on it. They're probably thinking like, hey, you know, I probably want a few more days with my baby girl. I want to hang with her. Tell him tell her. And he just wants to go. Let's go. You gave her to me. Let's go. Stay with us a few days, at least 10 days after that, that she may go. And he said to them, do not hinder me. Since the Lord has prospered my way, he's reminding them who's in charge. Let me away so that I may go to my master. So they said, we will call the young woman and ask her personally. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? There's not like, huh, let me think. She said, I will go. She knows the situation. 59. So when they, they sent Rebecca, their sister, they gave, they gave her a nurse, like a servant, and Abraham's servant and his men, they all left. So now the women are saying, and they blessed Rebecca, and they sang a song. Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands. This is prophetic. The mother of thousands, the mother of ten thousands. May your descendants possess. This is very similar to, the, to what they told Abraham. May, may your descendants possess the, the gates of those who hate him. Yep. <laughs> the gates of hell will not prevail. Then Rebekah and her maids arose and they rode on the camels and they followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah, now they're on another two-week journey, and they departed. 62. Now Isaac came from the way of Beer Leharo. I, I know I messed that up, but he dwelt there in the south. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted his eyes and looked. And, and there, there the camels were coming and Rebekah lifted her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel, for she said to the servant, who is this man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, it is my master. So now she's covering herself up. And the servant told Isaac all things, because Isaac had no clue what was going on, all things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. He's dealing with pain. He's looking for comfort. Abraham knew what time, what time it was. He wasn't going to get comforted with those, with those Canaanites. Nope. nope. Now, daddy, daddy's got the money. Daddy's got the, the whips. Daddy's got it all, right? They're going to come. You think those women weren't? They're, they're not, no different than what's going on today. They were, they were going to pursue him. And he was going to be looking. He was vulnerable. He was going to be looking for comfort in the wrong places. So now he went into Sarah's tent and he took Rebecca and she became his wife and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. There you go. Boom. I'm sorry. I know that was a little long, but there were so many things there that we're going to talk about now. So now you see that. I'll, I'll move this a little bit this way. <clears throat> so now let's go over some of the things from the story. First thing to know is Sarah died. Abraham's old. He's contemplating life. We spoke about that in the very beginning. Abraham's blessed in all things, but he's old. As we age, we begin, to we begin to sense a responsibility to set things in order for the generations we're leaving behind. As a man, I think about what I'm going to leave for my, my kid, yep. what I'm going to leave for my grandkids, because I know that's what the Bible says, a righteous man leaves an inheritance. And I know sometimes if I, let my, if I don't get before God, I could let my mind go a little bit because I know that what I have is not good enough. It's not enough. 
What I have now is not enough. So my prayer is that, that God, I trust that God will make a way. That he will make a way and that he's going to make a way for all of us. But, but we, have to, we have to leave something, in, we have to set things in order so the generation that we leave behind has something. Has something to run with. Come on, Abraham has a promise from God that his descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky and the sands upon the seashore. Yet he is old and his son of promise Isaac has no wife. That's making, that's putting him in a, in a, in a, in a, he knows that something has to give. He knows that he has to make moves. This is something that he would have did with his wife, but his wife's not there. So now he has to expedite things. He's not worried about, he's not mourning. Right now he's not mourning. If it is, the scripture doesn't show it. Not at this point. Right now he's, he's like, all right, we're going we're gonna to move on. Abraham is given the most important task. I'm in the next slide. The most important task to his oldest, most important servant of his house. Oldest equals history. We have to have history with people. Yep. We have to have history with people. When Pastor talks about how when he, when he first had his eyes for Sarah, he called people that she knew who had history with her, who knew her. You have to have history with people, and history equals tested. Because with that history, you know if that person is, is, is good or if they're not good. You know what they could be entrusted with. Ruled over all that he had equals trust. You have to see that, that he ruled over all that he had. Most I spoke about this before. Most scholars believe this servant was Eliezer of Damascus, who before Isaac was the heir to the house of Abram. This was before the name change. Once his name's changed, you don't hear, I, I didn't see, maybe they talk about him later. I didn't see them really talking about him much after that. What's interesting about this word servant here, it also means son or heir. So this guy was more than a servant. You remember when she said, Lord, he treated him like a son. He treated him like a son. In fact, you see in scripture, every time that, that Abraham had kids, even after, after this whole scenario is done, you see Abraham, he thought he was going to die. He has another wife and has a whole bunch of babies. This man was strong at like 170 years old. He's still having kids. But you know the one thing that he did? He sent all the kids east. He gave them gifts and he said, go. You're not going to contend with the promise. You're not going to contend with the promise. You have to go. I love you, but you have to go. This man was so faithful that even though he considered him as an heir, he didn't consider him as a threat. Faithful man. And the Bible doesn't say it, but I believe that he was one of the servants that were by the mountain. Just because I, if he trusted them that much, he I think he would have been there. He wasn't able to walk the mountain with him because that wasn't for him. That was for Isaac. But I think that he was there. That's my, that's my opinion. That's what I think. So he was more than a servant. The most important responsibilities are left to the most trusted people who we have history with. Remember that. Whenever you're going to give uh, an important task, choose, choose trusted people. The next slide. It was custom for parents to pick a spouse for their own, from their own tribe or clan. Since Sarah had passed, Abraham is moving forward in faith to get a spouse from his own family, not among strangers. The deeper motive for Abraham is that his son would not be married to the daughters of the Canaanites where he dwelled. This could possibly lead Isaac away from the one true God of Abraham. This is why when you see when Moses gives the law and all of that, they don't go to Kiki. It doesn't say Kiki, but don't go to the women of that land because they're going to make you fall. They're going to make you fall. And you see it with the, the, one of the, 
Solomon fell. He was the wisest man next to Jesus. If he could fall, anybody could fall. Don't think that you can't. Abraham didn't want Isaac marrying a Canaanite and didn't want Isaac going back to the land where he called him out of. There's no promise attached going back to where God has called you out of. We need to remember that. There's no promise attached to that. If God's calling you out of somewhere, it's because he's taking you somewhere else. If he has you go back, it's, it's for a specific reason, but it's not to stay. In this case, it wasn't for him to go back. Not at that point. Not at that point. They haven't even possessed the land. Not at that point. Remember, Isaac is getting older. He's about 40 years old, and he's mourning the death of his mother. Isaac can be comforted in the arms of the wrong woman if, he, if his father doesn't set this marriage in motion. Think about it. You're 40 years old. Some people have a, have a hard time at 18 keeping it in their pants. He's 40 years old. I'm going to keep it real. It's 40, 40 years old is a long time. Your dad's rich. There's women throwing themselves at you. You got a lot of tents. Yo, <laughs> think about it. You got a lot of tents, a lot of tents. So like, yo, this is like, this is, you know, this is, God had really tested these people, man. It wasn't easy for Abraham. It wasn't easy for Isaac. He gets his wife. You think that the, the promise is coming 20 years before that kid comes, 20 years before Esau and Jacob. I'll say Jacob and Esau, 20 years. He had, to, he had to plead with God because she was barren. There's some, there's some things that we have to stand in the gap for and plead with God if we want. Yes. There's some things as men, if, if, if you want kids we, and it hasn't happened, we have to say, God, this starts with you. Yeah. The seed comes from man. Yeah. You, we have to plead with God. You see in Scripture, sometimes God shuts a woman's womb for, for a period of time for a specific reason. But in this case, he was pleading. He was asking God, yo, give me a kid. Sometimes God got to give you a promise, but it doesn't mean that you don't got to contend with that promise. It doesn't mean that you don't got to stand before God and, 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 and speak press. and That's press right. into it. Yep. Exactly. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for the word I was looking for. <laughs> Leaders are aware. All right, let me do this one. Abraham is completely aware of the importance of this mission and its timing. We were talking about timing before. Leaders are aware of, of what's needed. They know how to move and when to move. That's important. As a leader, we have to know what's needed, how to move, and when to move. So now I have a, a list on things that I wrote down for, for servants. So servants understand who they are serving and why. That's the thing you have to ask yourself. If you're going to serve at, at any capacity, who are you serving and why do you want to serve? Who are you serving and why do you want to serve? See, if I come here and I, and I serve my, my pastor, it's good that I serve my pastor. I'm supposed to serve my pastor. But I have to recognize that I'm serving God by serving him. Yes, sir. Yep. It's him first. It's him first. No, no matter if we're, we're going to serve in secret some lady at the grocery store when nobody's looking, it's him first to meet that need. So there has to be a, a, a priority. Jesus always has to be first. If Jesus is, is first, you'll be all right. Because yep. if, if then, like, if, if I serve my pastor because I want to serve him and it's not about Jesus, I'll never serve him well and I'll fail him and I'll fail myself and I'll fail everyone else that I'm around because my priorities are out of alignment. They're out of whack. They're not in order. Yep. So it has to be Jesus first. That's right. So when, so when you know who you're serving, why you serve, and, and they, the servants need to know their responsibility. What is, what is my responsibility? What is asked of me? 
Eliezer knew his responsibility. That's why he didn't have to ask what he was supposed to do. If you still have to ask, what am I supposed to do? Then, then you're probably not going to be asked. You're not going to be elevated to the next level. If, you're, if I still need, um, you know, like a play-by-play, -play, you're, you're just going to be that guy. You have to show yourself approved. Servants, listen carefully to instructions to understand assignment. The Bible says to be slow to speak and quick to, to hear. We have to, if we're, if we're not paying attention, we're not focused, number one, and then we're talking, how are we going to get the, the orders right? It's not going to be right. So our assignment's going to be wrong, which means that we're going to mess up our assignment and we're going to fail at what we're doing, and that's not going to make us a good servant. So let's listen. Servants know how to ask questions before carrying out an assignment. We see that example in verse 5. You saw that when he said, what if she doesn't want to come with me? He asked a good question because he needed to know and so, he could, so he could follow through with the mission well. Yeah. Servants understand how to put their feelings aside to serve the task at hand. He had to, two-week journey, uncomfortable, hot. What is, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Right? You have to put that aside. I was supposed to be the heir. You have to put that aside. If you think like that, you're not going to be going on that journey. Let me tell you something about serving. When you serve, God will deal with your heart. Yep. Go buy groceries for one week. Yep. And I'm not saying that because I, I buy groceries. Go buy groceries for people for one week. You'll feel great. Go buy it for two weeks. Go buy it every week. Go buy it after a 10-hour day. See if your heart is still right. Go to your next door neighbor and mow their lawn. Do it all summer. Do it for two summers. If they don't say thank you or nothing, just do it. See how you feel when you do that. If, if you're looking for something, your heart is not right. Your heart is not right. God will deal with your heart when you do something. When you serve, he'll deal with your heart. And if your heart's not right, it's a perfect opportunity for what? God, help me get my heart right. God, ooh, that, it hurts to give that. I don't really like giving that, God, but I don't want to be selfish. Please help me, God. I don't want that tug no more. I want to give freely, God. I'm noticing I have a problem. Help me with this problem that I have. Perfect opportunity. And then you serve. And then you serve. If you're serving for looking for affirmation, if you're serving, then you have to get that healed. And God will deal with it when you do it. God will work on your heart as you serve, as you, serve. As you, serve, as you go. <laughs> Servants understand how to put their feelings aside. I said that. Servants must see the whole picture if, they're, if they are to serve well. Eliezer had to, to know what was required for that task. He had to know that, you know, I, I'm going to need this amount of camels because I got these amount of gifts and these gifts weigh a lot. And I'm going to have to, I'm going to need, you know, food. I'm going to need this for the journey. You know, I'm, I'm going to need gifts for, for mom. I'm going to need gifts for this guy. I'm going to need gifts for the girl, right? We need stuff for the way back, right? You have to know, you have to see everything as a whole. If we're going to have resistance on the way going, you have to, whatever it is. Servants are strategic and require wisdom to es execute the mission. You see that example in verse 10 and 11. True service goes the extra mile, not expecting anything in return. A heart of a servant rather serve than to be served, and Jesus modeled this better than anybody. 
Jesus modeled that better than anybody. So Rebecca, so now we were talking about Eliezer. We're going to go talk about Rebecca a little. Rebecca's heart to serve a stranger positioned her to be a partaker of the promise. Her heart, when she did what she did, she didn't, she didn't know what, what she was going to get next. She wasn't like David when David was going to fight Goliath. What's in it for me? What do I get? She wasn't like that. She just went and, and, and did it. She just went and did it from a pure heart. Rebecca had servants, and she didn't have to be drawing water herself. This shows her character. She's not, willing, she's not, she's not too, too big to get her hands dirty. You know, right. she's, not, That's right. she's not on a high horse. When Rebecca chose to stay and give water to the camels, she chose to serve. One camel can drink up to 30 gallons of water. We spoke about this. Some research shows up to 53 gallons. Rebecca chose to draw and serve at least 300 gallons of water for 10 camels. It's a lot. Rebecca said, I will draw water for your camels until they are done drinking. She's willing to serve until the job is done. She was willing to serve until the full need was met. That's another way we could say the same thing. This could be up to 530 gallons of water. If the need was, was, was met, like needed to be met, it could be up to 53, it could be up to 500 gallons of water. So you don't know, it's between that. A long journey. Rebecca demonstrates hospitality when she offers straw and feed and a room to stay. Rebecca served, from, served the need from pure heart and God opened the door for her to be the mother of Jacob who later became Israel. Laban is the brother of Rebecca and most likely standing in behalf of their deceased father. I think, I bet you, I could be wrong there, but I, I think, don't, you can fact check me, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. Laban shows hospitality by extending an invitation for a prepared house and, and a place for the camels. Remember, Laban has servants, but he went himself. This ampli amplifies the family structure. They're a family of hospitality. Laban unloaded the camels and provided straw and feed. That's, that's a job for a servant. He's doing it himself. Laban also provides water for the feet of Eliezer and the men who were with him. This task was set aside for slaves, yet Laban doesn't. Although later in scripture, Laban seems to be a bit of a deceiver, but his hospitality makes room for him in the future. His daughters, Leah and Rachel, become the wives of Jacob. And you know, Jacob was a deceiver, so he reaped what he sowed. But in this regard, in this story right here, in this story right here, it shows, shows he had a good character for this story right here. I'm not going to talk about later for right now. I could pull from what he did there. Verse 33 demonstrates commitment before pleasure. Our pastor Adam teaches us about that pertaining to marriage. Eliezer won't eat until he knows the mission is accomplished. He understands he took an oath before God and that outweighs his appetite. It's God before his appetite. Eliezer believes the Lord went before him and was leading him. As men and women of God, we have, to, we have to know that God goes before us and God is leading us. In this story, Eliezer demonstrates how to invoke God on behalf of his master and for the mission. We could pull that from him. In this story, Eliezer shows twice how to get on your face and thank God for the victories and bless him. Servants know how to give gifts. You see that in, in verses 22 and 53. So now we're going to wrap this up with the truth to take home. We are responsible to set things in order for the generations we leave behind. I said that earlier, I'm just gonna finish up with that. History equals tested, tested equals trust. In the kingdom, a son or a daughter serves. It's not an option. 
It's like, it's like when Jesus says, you know, you're to forgive. It's not like he's suggesting it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like if it's part of the family, we're going to serve. And we're going to serve with a pure heart. Yeah. And if that heart's not pure, we're going to get it pure by serving. And uh, <laughs> praise God. And the kingdom servants are family. The most important responsibilities are left to the most trusted people. There is no promise attached to going back to where God called you out of. Serving a stranger with a pure heart can position you for future blessings. So always be aware what you do in secret and what you do with a pure heart can position you for something that God has in the future. God is always looking. He's always looking. He's always searching for someone who's available, someone with a pure heart, someone who who's after his heart, someone who's right before him. Servants know how to serve until the need is met. We could pull that from Rebecca. Servants know how to give gifts, but in reality, a true servant is a gift. A true servant is a gift. That's right. When we serve, we're blessing people, we're a gift to those people. It's just like in the five-fold ministry, those, 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 those offices are, are people. They're, they're gifts, those people are gifts to edify the body of God. It's different than the, than the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Those are His. Those are His. They're not ours. But the office of, of the five-fold ministry, those are people that are gifts. And all those people in, in, in every which way serve the people of God. Every which way will serve the stranger. And those people are gifts. And, and that's what I hope that this, this message, I know it was long, I know it was dragged out, but there was too much highlighted in... Um, in Eliezer, in Rebecca, and in Laban, and even if you see it even in Abraham, a little bit in, in that story, there's too many people that embody this. And I just think, I felt like this was important for us to, to kind of like highlight it for, and we could take it for our own, right? So, so let's pray. So, so Father, we just thank you for, for tonight. We thank you for this Wednesday that, that we've been meeting continuously. God, we ask that you would continue to pour your spirit out on us, God, that you would continue to heal our hearts, get our hearts right before you. God, help us to serve you with a pure heart. Help us to serve you from a place that, that we don't look from, for affirmation, God, but we, we just want to do it. Help us to have eyes for your people to love them the way you love them, God. Yes, put, a, put the love of God in us so that we can love you the way you deserve to be loved. God, help us. To, there's, there's unspoken needs here, God. There's many needs in this house, God. We ask that you would meet those needs, God. We ask that you would send your angels, just like in the story, to go before us and the things that, and the assignments that you have for us, God. That you would give us victory, God. That we would know as servants on, on how to pray, on how to, how to ask questions, how to come before you, how to, how to bless you, God, when, when you give us a breakthrough, how to get on our faces and just say, thank you, God. Help us to be gifts to people. Help us to know when to give gifts to people. God, I pray that by your spirit that you would just um, help us to pull from what was taught tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word just highlights so much for us, God, that equips us. And we just ask that your word would do his work in us and that you would finish the work that you started in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rescue Church podcast. We would love to see you in person. For more information, visit rescuechurch.tv slash invite.